Yo, yo, yo. It is episode three of season four of the Simplify and Multiply show, and I am here with Randy Gage. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. So believe it or not, I've never met Randy Gage in person, but we have had several conversations and I've read his books and he is a no-nonsense, a straight-to-the-point kind of guy, and I love that about him. Sometimes it's a little disconcerting when I have conversations with him because, you know, I'm such a nurturer and everything, and I want to try to create this environment where we're all kind of like holding hands and singing kumbaya sometimes, and Randy is not that guy. <laughs> He'll be like, no, we're going to do it this way, and because I hate doing that stuff, and let's just move forward. And you know what? I absolutely love that about him. He is quite an accomplished person, and I was so happy when he agreed to uh, be on this particular season because when we initially talked about it, I'm like, okay, this is going to be all about niching your business, and a lot of solopreneurs really kind of struggle with that. And so that's what I want to kind of unpack throughout this whole season. And it kind of fits in really well with last season's theme, which was all about the power of a business of you. And when we were kicking around ideas on how we would handle the content and what we would talk about, he's like, well, I could do something on personal branding. It's more and more important for solopreneurs, but obviously that was covered in last season. And then he also said, and he started talking about thought leadership, you know, how you become a thought leader as opposed to focusing on expertise because there's so much competition in data, what we need is thought leaders who can interpret the data and be predictive and take risks. And he wrote a book called Risky is the New Safe, The Rules Have Changed. And he said in this book, it's all about making predictions and being that thought leader, which he feels really super strong about. And then he said, or the third thing we could do is actually combine those two. And it's kind of interesting because when we actually had this interview, I don't want to say we threw that out the window, but we just kind of started fresh and let the conversation go where it went. And he did cover thought leadership. He talked a lot about the programs he does. I don't really have much of a bio for him as far as introducing them. I mean, obviously, he's a coach. He's a consultant. He's known as like the direct selling sales guru, and he leads events, his tribal events. And I'm going to have links in the show notes to all his good stuff. You can find him all over social. But I really want you to listen very intently to what he says and re-listen to it because it can be invaluable. It will be invaluable to your business, especially when it comes to niching. And even if you want to author a book focused on your niche and what you feel that you want to be a thought leader on. It's a great interview. I hope you enjoy it. And so here's my conversation with Randy Gage. So this particular season is all about niching for strength. And Randy, uh, you are here to talk with us about this. So thank you so much for being here. Great to be on. Awesome. 
And what I wanted to just kind of launch into is many solopreneurs focus around their business and they look for opportunities in the industry mm. where they could create a niche. Because everybody says, you know, you don't want to cast a drift net. You want to be as go a mile deep, not a mile wide. And it's sometimes easier said than done, right? <laughs> and we go to do that and we're all of a sudden we're going and picking up clients just to get clients in the beginning. So when people are looking at niching their business, one of the things that I like to suggest is niche for your strengths and focus on the areas that not only just interest you, but areas you feel confident speaking about. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm all with you in theory, I'm, uh, and I'm all with you at, currently in practice, but that wouldn't be how I began. Um, how I began is, and I think how most solopreneurs begin is, you need a niche niche for paying the rent. <laughs> okay, <Yeah. laughs> so <laughs> the basics. You know, when somebody calls and says we need an expert on caribou migration in Canada, you're like, oh, that's my passion. I, you know, and no, and obviously <laughs> I'm being a little facetious there to illustrate the point. But the the thing that I think is really important is. You gotta feed your kids. If you can't mm -hmm. feed your kids, you're not gonna help anybody. So there is this ideal state that you wanna get to, which is, hey, my target market is fortune, uh, is companies not in the Fortune 500. They're in the next tier between, you know, five million and 24 million, or between, you know, 80 employees and 300 employees in this particular industry, in this particular sector. I'm the world's preeminent expert in that area. And that's where you want to aspire to get to. But I think when we begin, most of us have to be more of a generalist. And now, and I'm bringing my experience in is coming as a professional speaker, a consultant, and a coach. Those would be the or even as an information entrepreneur, because I do mm -hmm. that as well. And in each of those cases, I think I probably started the practice more as a generalist and then found myself narrowing down my niche as I progressed. Well, one of the things that along your journey in is that you really kind of narrowed into this audience of direct sales. And someone could easily look at you and say, oh, well, he's the direct sales guy. And yet you're about so much more. You're about so many different things. So how did that evolve? And how did you kind of expand that uh, to include these other things that you're doing, like your information products around prosperity and abundance and, and mindset? Yeah, so this was a, a life transformational process that I paralleled with my professional practice, which was I was in the direct selling business. Uh, I started doing training. Uh, companies started bringing me in. I wrote a book. I developed some information products. And I really became the guy in the space, right? I was the first person inducted into the direct selling hall of fame. My book was, was considered the Bible of the profession. 
uh, my first training album and my first recruiting audio, they were the number one selling in that field for years and years. Uh, and then I just, at, at 40 years old, you and I were chatting before the show. I you know, had my, midlife, my first midlife crisis right on time when I was 40 years old. And I said, I'm going to retire. I'm just going to drink out of a coconut and race cars and play softball. <laughs> and I did. And then, but I was kind of going crazy. And a very dear friend, uh, a mentor to me, Bill Gove, who was the first president of the mm -hmm. National Speakers Association, he called me up and said, we got to go to lunch. we got to talk. And he told me I had to get back on the platform. And he thought mm -hmm. I was the best speaker in the world. And that was mind-boggling to me because I idolized this guy. And um, but I was—I I really had been thinking, like, you know, what? What is? Is this all there is? You know, am I supposed to, you know, do the hokey pokey? Because that's what it's really all about. I mean, <laughs> where's the beef? <laughs> and um, so I then I started thinking, well, I could come back into business, but I really don't want to do seminars on how do you get a prospect's phone number. I just, if I have to do that, I'd rather stick a fork in my eye. Yeah, me too. Um, my, my, my passion had become this study of prosperity. I was exposed to the science of mind church, the unity movement, Charles Fillmore, Catherine Ponder, Emily Cady, uh, Charles Fillmore. Uh, so I was like, hmm, you know, I would like to, and I had been trying to like sneak those success and prosperity principles into the sales training. And then I realized, well, you know, I don't have to do that. I could just do an album on prosperity. I could write books on the principles of prosperity. I can do workshops on prosperity. And so I came back in the business doing that. And then so really... In my case, so for people listening who are, who, who are wondering how do you massage the branding, understand it's really, I'm running two parallel practices. Otherwise, I have randygage.com, which is the Starfleet command site for all of my prosperity and success stuff. And then I have a book, uh, a website, leveragesales.com. And that's for all the direct selling stuff. And so we keep those... We, you know, there it's run as two different businesses because there are people who are in direct selling and they love my work and they've been following me for 30 years. And I just came out with a new book. It's been a, a smash. It came out a couple of weeks ago and it's already, you know, a bestseller in four or five countries. And that's awesome. Coming out in a couple. Well, more. I wanted to jump on that one, but you were like. No, you need to start with my first prosperity book. And I'm being a good girl. I'm going through your whole series. <laughs> and I'm enjoying them. So uh -huh. I'm glad that you're off to great success with this new one. Yeah, I'm really proud of it. It's my most ambitious work to date. And it's, um, but again, the, the, there's people, so the people in that business, that profession, they love it and they want more of that. But then I have people who bought my prosperity series or they listen to my Power of Prosperity podcast. They don't even know what direct selling is and they don't care. Yeah. They're not in, you know, they're a, uh, an attorney or they run a nonprofit or they're a school teacher or whatever the case may be. Um, and so you can't cross pollinate the channels 
or you you alienate people or you confuse people. So for you you solopreneurs listening who who uh, wonder how do I merge those two markets? I don't. I really do run them as separate uh, tracks. And it's interesting because I can see how the prosperity portion of your business it could almost act as underpinnings into the direct selling work that you do. It does, for sure. And like the direct selling people, they devour the prosperity stuff because they that's all about mindset in that business, mm -hmm. right? They're calling candidates to they got to call 20 people to invite them to a presentation. They need a positive attitude. They need a mindset of success. Uh, so they love that stuff. But the prosperity people who are not in direct selling, they don't need the other stuff and they don't want it. So for a solopreneur, when you're looking at niching, and you just gave two examples of two distinct audiences, two distinct uh, content offerings, so to speak, and yet from the standpoint of strengths, they both interest you, one, because you know the direct selling is your legacy. You have got so, we've got such a huge tribe you're, you're well known for that because you've invested so much time early in your career. And then the, the other is something more new, but it's still all you. And when I was doing the season around the power of a business of you, it was really driving home what makes a solopreneur, a solo practice, or even a brand for that individual, something that stands out beyond the services and the way that they deliver their uh, their product and it's a it's a culmination of everything from their experience to their strengths to their interests to the audience that kind of naturally bubbles up i mean that happened in my business too where i had this you know consultants and coaches and solopreneurs basically bubbled up through my business i mean i've had ambulance companies and schools and all different kinds of people as clients in the past and now i love working just with solopreneurs so when you have those types of things going on in the solos world regarding niche, what are some of the things, some tips maybe that you could provide them as far as how they can explore what may already, let's say they've already started their business and they're kind of motoring forward being a generalist. And how can they kind of carve, start carving out uh, their niche a little bit more clearly? Uh, interesting. I actually have, uh, people flying in this week to do first time I've done this. It was just a crazy idea. I thought would be really creative energy would be electric, and I would love doing it. And that is to a uh, author apprentice program for one Explain year. Explain that. Yeah. Well, so they're flying in here to San Diego, where I am in the summers, and they're going to spend three days with me, mm -hmm. and then we're going to meet once a month by Zoom. And then in six months, they're going to fly into Miami, where I am in the winter, to kind of fine-tune their progression. And then six months more, and then there'll be two days together to graduate. But the idea is for them to write, to birth an extraordinary book. A book that will change the world, right? Not a hack book, not a, a, a you know compilation, not a ghostwriter where they pour their blood and guts into mm -hmm. a message they feel they have to get out. Like Toni Morrison uh, famously said, you know, I'm paraphrasing her, but basically she was saying, hey, if there's this book you really want to read and nobody has written it, then you need to write it. That's your book, yeah. Yeah. 
So um, this, those guys are flying in this week. So I'll be working with them starting with Friday. And the thing I tell them is I want the book that nobody else but you can write. Hmm. Same thing when I'm working with speakers. It's like you need to tell the speech that nobody else in the world can tell. That's where you're going to make a difference, right? So, because what do you do when you're first a speaker? You know, you hear Zig Ziglar or Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins or whoever, the, and you, so everybody tells the um, Roger Bannister four-minute mile story, and everybody tells the starfish on the beach story, and everybody tells the cut the ends off the ham in the oven story, right? <laughs> that's all, and that's, I, okay, if you're a beginner, we, we all do that kind of stuff, but that's a hack. Okay, yeah. a professional is only going to do original content mm. because you can go to events, right? And there'll be a lineup with you know twelve speakers over three days, and four of them will tell the same story, right? <laughs> That's true. It's I mean, true. it's just so crazy. <laughs> um, you've got to tell the story that nobody else in the world but you can tell. You've got to write the book that nobody else in the world could write. Um, and so it is, and, and so maybe you didn't win a gold medal in the Olympics. Maybe you didn't ascent Mount Kilimanjaro. Maybe you didn't uh, save a school bus full of orphans which was about to plummet off the bridge. But maybe, just maybe, you were tucking in your five-year-old daughter one night and she said something to you that hit you upside the head and you had this profound realization. And now you have a story that no one else in the world could tell, but it's a story that has universal lessons for anybody mm -hmm. who would hear it. Right? So for, for you guys listening here, that's what I would give my same advice to you is, Find the area where you could be world class. Find the area where you are the thought leader. Big, you know, if you really want to make it as a solopreneur, I think the 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 defining breakthrough or the tipping point comes when you move from expert to thought leader. Um, and most people are not even experts, right? Most people are just their consultants or their coaches or whatever, and they're doing all the conventional stuff, and they wouldn't even be an expert. But, of course, the, the higher-level ones, they develop into an expert. So they become an expert in their area. Uh, but even experts are a dime a dozen, because if you're an expert, I can still know everything, almost everything you know, by a Google search. But if you're a thought leader, I can't Google that, because thought leaders help us interpret information interpret trends interpret happenings the news you know interpret what's going on in a particular industry or space uh, so if you can do that that's where you're not going to raise skinny children that's where you're going to have a successful practice um, and to go back to my analogy earlier analogy uh, you really can be the world's preeminent expert on caribou migration in the whatever plains of Canada. But if you're a speaker, there's only two conferences a year that need that speaker with that expertise, and neither of them pay any money. Mm -hmm. So 
you're going to raise skinny children if you pick that <laughs> as your topic, right? So exactly. you've got to say, okay, where is that sweet spot where I can have expertise, where I could be a thought leader and it solves problems and adds value in the marketplace? In other words, that people will actually pay money for that. Because again, it's the if you are the expert on the aerodynamics of how a frisbee goes through the air, great. You could probably got a Wikipedia page about you, but who's going to hire you to pay you anything? Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough? As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T.com. And, you know, I, I, I get what you're saying about thought leader versus expert. And some people can just have a, a resume that's got a lot of consistency and time to it, which creates expertise, you know, the 10,000-hour thing. But what really determines thought leadership? So if you're doing the interpretation, is it your interpretation or are you giving them the mind space to actually interpret on their own through clarification? What really is defining thought leader as well as is that controlled by the thought leader themselves or is that actually laid upon them by their audience? For me, I, I want to share my thoughts. I believe I had a list I did at one time, 10 or 12 things of here's what thought leaders do. You know, they, and one of them is they make predictions, right? They say, here's what I think is going to happen. And most people are desperately afraid to do that because they're mm, afraid they'll be to wrong. To be wrong, yeah. <laughs> but of course, they got to understand that if you really are an extraordinary thought leader, you're supposed to be wrong sometimes. Yeah. Now, for instance, I wrote a book called Risky is the New Safe. And that was back probably maybe 13 or 14 I wrote that. And I was talking about, I predicted Uber, Lyft, Bitcoin, Brexit, genetic uh, mutations, cloning, virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, where these things were going in the future. And... Um, and my publisher was like, are you sure you want to do that? And I'm like, absolutely. Sticking your neck out. <laughs> yeah. 
And of course, I have looked like a genius because of Brexit happening right now. When I predicted that, nobody, when I was talking about Uber and Lyft, most people had never heard of them and they were like, that'll never work. Um, and the and a lot of other stuff, the CRISPR gene editing and everything that I mentioned in the book is still coming into place. But one of and, and but it's funny. One of the examples I gave in the book was how in 2023 there was some TV show doing a uh, episode about my book and saying, "Hey, let's go back and look at what this crazy Gage guy said was going to happen in 2013 <laughs> and what really happened." Because I'm sure that will happen. I'm sure that somebody's going to say, well, see, he said in here that virtual reality is going to be in place, you know. Um, and I'm okay with that because that's what thought leaders do is they, mm -hmm. they make you think. So in answer to your question, I, I mean, I think if we want to be a catalyst, if you're a coach, a consultant, an author, a speaker, we do want to cause people to think about things in a way they never have before. Yeah. Create but friction. I think, yeah, but I think the best way to do that is when you put out your thoughts and say, here's what I see going on and here's what I think might be the end result of that. Mm -hmm. um, because, again, it's, it's not about information. Every eight-year-old with an uh, iPhone can access the entire uh, acquired human knowledge of human history, right? It's right in their iPhone. Um, we don't need more information. We're overloaded with information. We don't even know what to do. We don't even know how to process all that uh -huh. information. Uh -huh. what, we're des what the world is desperately looking for is people who can interpret that information and explain why it's relevant to them. And that's where you, know, that's where you become the iconic thought leader. That's where you become the definitive expert in your space. That is, you know, wh why I'm saying, you know, what I'm telling, like, interesting thing, I, I, the other day I did like three uh, video chats in a row and, and booked about $120,000 worth of business. Uh, and why? Because my book had just come out two weeks before. And it's, you know, companies buying a thousand copies at a time, and it's already huge in Germany. It's blowing up in Iran, if you can believe that. Uh, <laughs> it's doing great in Turkey, right? And so all these people are buying it and telling, and the companies are calling me and saying, "Hey, how do we work with you? Can you come in and show us how to create a duplicable system for our people? Are you available to speak at our events?" And that's what I was telling my people in this author program is. Uh, you need to write that kind of a book. You have to write mm -hmm. the book that changes the game. Mm -hmm. That if your book isn't going to make you relevant for another 10 years, then you're not ready to write that book yet. So Interesting. Yeah, that's to me the, 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 the driving philosophy that you want to have, whether it's your coaching program, your consulting package you put together, you know, if you're going to write a book, um, make it, be bold, be daring, be adventurous, be brave enough to take a stand and don't be worried about um, the naysayers and the haters and the critics. 
So what inspired, you know, regarding this author program, what inspired you to actually put this together for these people? I'm assuming these people that are coming to San Diego for the kickoff of, of the program are people that were already existing in your network. Is that correct? Yeah, I, um, I do an event once a year called Tribal, uh, mm -hmm. Tribal Event. And it's for authors, coaches, consultants, politicians, thought leaders, people who run nonprofits. It's for somebody who, you know, actually wants to change the trajectory of the universe, even if it's by one eighteen hundredth of a millimeter, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a four-day event, boot camp style, 15, 16 hours a day. Uh, and I did the first one a couple of years ago, and it was just, you know... I, I kind of took the Toni Morrison model and I said, you know, here's the kind of event I would want to go to. And nobody was doing that, so I created it. And so then, and I knew halfway through, the first two days into the first one, oh my God, I'm going to have to do this every year. <laughs> um, and so I did. So literally, like now, the 2020 program is already sold out. People are putting wow. their name on waiting lists for 2021. Because it's just was right. So that's so I get a lot. Of, so what happened is the very last one I did was, I guess it was March or April. And as part of the hot seats and the coaching and working with the people at that event, uh, there was three or four that we came up with the book that they needed to write. Nice. That, you know, this would be the thing that would break through. This would be the tipping point for them is, you know, I think there's a, 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 a there's a, a amazing guy, Greg Williams. He's one of the people now in my in this author program. So he was at the tribal event. He's he, he's an expert in negotiating and body language stuff. And so we were working with him up on the hot seat, and, and I, I, you know, I'm sharing this because I'm sure he would have no issue with anybody hearing about this, because um, it's where he's going, and it is, you know, it, it shouldn't be any privacy or issue like that. So we were just looking at how he could work with police departments mm -hmm. on helping them uh, de-escalate situations. So when you, you know, right now you've got all this debate about police brutality and body cams and they have to keep the cameras on all the time and they're shooting people who were walking away from them or they're beating people to death who, you know, were putting up no resistance. Um, and, and so we were like, God, Greg, you know, that was, if you guys driving in the car, that's not a siren behind you. I'm near a firehouse and there's a siren in the background <laughs> and I have the windows open because it's a beautiful day. Uh, <laughs> so uh, well, I was like, Greg, you got to move into this space hmm. because you can show, you could train a police department when they come up. Wow, they really got the fire engines going. Oh, they're coming for you, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you could show them how to read that body language, how to read the facial tics, because he's an expert in that. Every mm, time they move their eyebrow and how they avert their eyes and everything, he's an expert in this, right? I'm like, you you could build an entire uh, a silo in your business that probably does 10 or $20 million a year 
just training police departments in this stuff. Yeah. So what's the best way to put yourself in that position? You need to write that book, mm-hmm. you know, the definitive book on that. So he's coming in this week. and he do- So that's kind of how it came about. Wow. There was three or four people. Another guy who works, uh, Brian Walters, who's uh, uh, he works exclusively with HR departments. And he's doing some really innovative stuff that nobody in the HR space is doing. But there is this thing, there is this uh, platform that people put authors on that um, is unique to anything else I can imagine. That when you have written a best-selling book, there is a cachet about you, a, a perception, a brand that really does make a difference. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so three or four people came from the the tribal event, and other ones are just people who, you know, follow my work, and they they just I posted it on my blog and said, hey, I don't even know I'm going to do this. I had this really cool idea that's something I would like to do because I had just finished my my last book. That was seventy more than seventy thousand words. It was the that's longest a juicy book. one. Yeah, longest book I'd ever written. Most ambitious. And I just channeled that. Mm, I wrote 10,000 words in one day, right? I have never written 10,000 words in a day. Yeah. I had two other days where I wrote 5,000, 6,000 words because awesome. I was just channeling that because I had, yeah, I really got into it. And, and, I, and I was so high on that experience and what I know this book can do for the people that are going to read it that I just, so I wrote a blog that, hey, you know, I got this crazy idea. Here's what it would look like. You're going to fly into San Diego, spend a couple of days with me. We're going to work out the title, the theme, the table of contents. We're going to write the summary, (coughs) sales letter. And then you're going to start writing it. And you're going to check in with me once a month. You're going to send your work in, in a Word document. I'm going to critique it, send it back. You know, it's a one-year program of... uh, uh, it's going to cost $10,000, um, and if you're interested, let me know. And if I get enough people, I'm going to do it. And if nobody's interested, then I won't do it. But it's just something I'm thinking about. And I ended up getting and eight bam. people who said, wow, that's exactly what yeah. I want to do. And that's you know, how that came about. <laughs> I love it. And and you're really facilitating action and accountability, and I think that's another value of your program that a lot of people uh, will, those eight in particular, will be benefiting from. And I think a lot of us who are running programs and doing things like this as a consultant or a coach uh, kind of forget that a little bit. You know, we focus so much on the structure of it and the content and the outcomes that we're going to do. But what we're really doing is we're facilitating these people getting something completed. And when we have so many different things pulling at us in our business all the time, it's like, oh, yeah, I want to get to I want to find time to write. I want to write that book. And and, you know, I've published six books. I've written seven. And I I sit down and I go because for me, I don't want to say it's easy, but because I've done it, it it kind of puts me in a different category of accomplishment from the standpoint. It's like. I can't use an excuse to not write a book because I know I, I know how to do it and I know how to get it done and I know what it takes. 
But so many people do have those books inside them and they're dying to, you know, do it. And yet life brings all these excuses and reasons why they just can't jump on it. And so by having a program like what you're offering really helps them not say no anymore or use those excuses because you're basically giving them a blank slate to get it done. Yeah, and I do get in their face. I, you know, they that's what they pay me for. I make mm-hmm. that very clear of like I have a coaching program, right? And it's yeah. uh, so we have a WhatsApp group for the thing, and so I will, uh, you know, I'll be working. Like for instance, there was a guy who was uh, supposed to send in the table of contents of his book, and he had committed to that, and it wasn't coming in, and I was so I put a message to the group: Hey, has anybody seen so and so? Because He's supposed to do his content, you know, and so he wrote back, oh, I promise I'm sending it in on Monday. And I'm like, okay, everybody, so so so-and-so has promised that this outline will be in on Monday. (laughs) Call him out big time. And if he doesn't, he's promised to send chocolate chip cookies to everybody in the group. So please (laughs) send him your shipping address because if he doesn't get... That I thing in it. Monday, he's sending us all chocolate chip cookies, right? And <laughs> <laughs> he was petrified. He's like, what are you doing to me? You know, but, you know, uh, of course, it's good natured. But, yeah, you know, we all need somebody who kind of keeps our feet to the fire a little. And yeah. I'm pretty good at doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's actually a really great skill in coaching. And I'm still honing that particular tool in my toolbox because I'm such a I'm naturally a nurturer and mm-hmm. a creative. So I want to kind of like have it be very experiential and you know all of these things. Next thing you know, it's like, all right, we got to stop. Like, I'll get stuff done. But for me to actually hold someone who can, I, so I really uh, I've found myself working on that and, and because it's to their benefit. So that's awesome that you've got that program going on. This has been a great interview, Randy. You've offered so many interesting things to think about regarding niche, regarding business, and in particular for solopreneurs. And you've shared a lot about your stories and your journey. So if someone is interested in learning more about you, or obviously I'm going to have links on the show notes page, but what would you recommend someone new to your world to, like if they want to participate in tribal or if they want to somehow... Uh, start interacting with with your work or hire you as a coach what what do you recommend for them okay so randygage.com that's my main site uh, I'm on tw- I'm on all the social media probably Twitter's that where I do the most interaction mm-hmm. uh, the tribal event like I said at 2020 is sold out but you could still register as the remote learning which is the audio and video oh, very uh, nice version of it so that's tribalevent.com. And do you have that event in San Diego or in Miami? Uh, this one is, let's see, 2020 is going to be in, where is it? Is it in and Vegas I'm just or assuming San Diego? It's in oh, it's in areas. San Diego. Yeah. Okay. The last one was in Vegas. This one's in San Diego. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, for 2020. And then 2021... I don't even remember. Anyway, I don't keep <laughs> too many events going on. That's that's that is a lot to a four day event, especially a boot camp style event. So um, may, I may have to have you back on the show to when we cover events and event planning <laughs> because boy, that's a whole that's a whole Pandora's box right there. But I'm so glad that you do it, and, and thank you so much for being here today. It's been a true pleasure, and I'm so glad to know you. All right, thanks. Great conversation. Great interview. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. 
You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.